You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here this evening. My name is Ivani Devery. And I'm Eric Borlaug. And, and you you're are listening, listening to, to The, the Parsnip Ship. And we are in LA tonight, which is super exciting. It seems that the drink of choice is whiskey, which is great. My uh, great friend, Dana Berger, told me about, and she saw a guy in a coffee shop with this tattoo and said, I want you to write a monologue for me about this guy in this coffee shop, and uh, it turned into a whole play instead of a, a monologue. But I obsessed about this woman for the better part of a year until I finally sat down and started to write about her. So we just heard from Phil Hamilton, and we all really enjoyed that. It was a great segue into the play that we're about to listen to. Awesome. All right. Spit the Pit by Christine Joan Schmidt. Character Breakdown, Part 1. Marissa will be playing Francine slash Peaches, Uncle Ray. Greg will be playing Rob. And Nina will be playing Sue, the barista, Francine's mother, the tattoo, and Purple Man. In Part 2, Nina will be playing Sue. Greg will be playing Ted. Marissa will be playing Don. And Nina will be playing Uncle Ray. In part three, Greg will be playing Rob. Marissa will be playing Delilah. And Nina will be playing Janine, the man, and the older woman. Setting. A small room in a New York City police station. New York City. The Midwest. The Pacific Northwest. Part one. Francine. A New York City police station. Francine sits in a small room. It was the summer of love. Don't you always wish for that? Summer approaching, blossoms, eyes closed. You wish, you hope, you know. This one will be it, the one of love. Oh, I'm sorry. Francine Bakeman, 21, Robert Kane's, well, I was recently close to Robert Kane. It was the summer of love, but the sun wasn't always bright. You ain't gonna wear, you ain't gonna wanna hear about the cloudier times, so here's an advance apology. But that's the deal, you gotta hear the bad stuff too. And I know I'm an idiot, you don't even gotta tell me once, alright? I know it, I was stupid the whole time through. And I know you wanna hear the bad stuff, that's the point, I know, okay? I, I'm not that stupid. Thank you for the immunity. Do I thank you for that? Thank you, I, I tend to ramble. He had this stellar wink. Francine winks. My man, of course. I'm talking about Rob. He named me Peaches. It was who I became when I was with him, not just plain Francine. Mama warned me early on. You ain't gonna be foolish. It's not in your genes. You'll find one like your papa and sit him down pretty. Listen to me, Francine. Shut up, Ma. So here we go, end of May. I go to the coffee shop again looking for something. Really, anything. I gotta get out of my apartment. Smells like hot, do- hot garbage and eggs over queasy. It's my first summer in New York City, a far cry from the heart of Georgia, and I have high expectations. Who knew how hard it'd be, this New York? No one wants to get along or smile or anything. Can't ever seem to walk fast enough. 
I step into the cafe around the corner, and the barista gives me the stink eye, seeing as I order something new every time. On my first visit, I ordered one of those Americanos, a 12-ounce, and when I came in the next day, she looked up at me and said, 12-ounce Americano? Like she knew my entire life story. <laughs> no, um, actually, I was thinking something like a hot chocolate today. You could tell she really wanted to be right about my drink. We only have unsweetened chocolate pieces. Okay. We mix them into the steamed milk. It's all natural. All right. Organic. Take it or leave it. I'll take it. You know it's really hot outside, right? I shrugged. I wanted hot chocolate. She rolled her eyes, made my drink in a big jug mug, and has hated me ever since. <laughs> this time around, I ordered an iced French lavender latte because it's muggy for me and I want to feel the water droplets that form on the cup drip down my fingers. Barista says nothing. I leave a nice tip. Drop a dime, spin around, bend over to pick it up. Lifting my head, I am overcome by what's in front of me. Blood. Running, drooling, gushing out of a naked woman, down her thighs, pooling beneath her dancing feet like an offering. Gold toe ring, her auburn hair thick, an almost smile inked on the forearm of the man standing in line behind me, waiting for me to pick up my dime. I can't see his face, just black sunglasses and ghoulish cheekbones. The brutal, self-inflicted, bleeding woman's scar on his arm. I'm embarrassed. Then I'm angry. My cheeks flush. I move aside, but still feel his eyes on me after I've moved out of his way. Her blood on me. What's she doing there on his arm? He orders tea from the barista. Does she not see his arm? This... This out-of-control tattoo living on his arm? No one else cares like I do. Why do I care? A sharp pain in my gut. I remember so much of these in flashes. My drink placed on the counter. It feels like it weighs pounds and pounds, hundreds of them. My palms sweat. What has he done to me? All this in a coffee shop. Like a Meg Ryan. Like America watching, hoping I'll say something dumb, you know, for the comedy, but suggestive enough to satisfy the romantic. And y'all are drowning fast in disappointment, because what do I do is I let my jaw slack and stare at the mat maiden on his arm. I lick my lips after some saliva falls out of my mouth and onto my shirt. <laughs> Stupid polo shirt. No fashion sense at all, Francine. He sees. He laughs. And he walks closer and puts his fingers under my chin, closing my mouth. He winks. That wink. Saving the moment, bringing it back to the romance. He saves the story by starting it. We can't ignore it. There's no change in it. We've touched I step outside with my iced French lavender latte, and there he is, leaning against a pole. Everyone else around him is crossing the street and fast-walking, but he's just stiff and still. Crossing? That word. His first word drills deep. I guess. Sure, go on. And there go my feet, cementing down, stuck flat. The city goes silent. No one's crossing. My arms still work, and I lift my iced latte to my stupid mouth, because after, 
I guess I've run out of things to say to this ghost man. His t-shirt, the woman gushing. Your coffee got some flowers in it? French lavender? I take another sip. It's milky. And before I can swallow, there goes his tongue into my mouth, swishing the lavender milk around and around. They kiss. A shift. We're in Georgia. Uncle Ray sits on a worn and torn recliner. Francine ain't one of those pretty gals. Never was. I'd take the kids for the day, help my sis out, watch them run around the play area, laughing until their tiny noses start oozing. Little Susie was like an angel, a queen of the pageants with blonde hair down her smooth, arched back and eyes like cocoa and honey. Eight years old and already woman perfected. (laughs) Too mature. Full of questions and ideas, filling me up till I couldn't be let down. Francine was only five that day in the play area, but already her shoulders slacked. Dirt clung to her skin like she bathed and paced that morning, teeth growing in crooked enough to offend, but not so much that her mother would bother paying to fix them. Short hair. Hair that was changing swift from blonde to orange, like like my daddy's sad carrot top. Not so lucky, Francine. Never smiling. Tough with the other kids. Pushed them down till they cried, then cried herself. Alienated herself. A shift. New York City. We stumble off the train, arriving in a part of Brooklyn I've never seen, but it has the stretched-out sadness of home, and so I feel like I belong. I'm a little drunk. We've been to all these cool bars, sitting and talking and getting to know the little things. Favorite color? Red. Where'd you grow up? (laughs) Connecticut. Why the leather jacket? Why the polo shirt? You got nice brown eyes. You've got lovely red hair. I think I like you, lady. (laughs) Well, shoot. I like you, too. A lot. (laughs) And now we're heading to his place. His fingers trace circles my palm. It tickles. We walk fast. Faster than we need to. He kisses me in front of the fluorescent lights of White Castle. The only place open for blocks. We're by the water, can you tell? You can smell it. Smells like garbage. No. (laughs) It smells like right now. Like something real. He kisses me some more, his acid tongue dissolving Francine. When he comes up for air, he says... Peaches. Softly. My new name. It's what they'll all call me. It's what he calls me from there on out. You're not going to want to wake up from this dream, sweet tits. They kiss. Oh, do they ever kiss. (laughs) This is all on our first night together. Can't forget that. I'd known him for hours only. This isn't my usual... It's important, you know, that you understand his ability to hook. Where's your place at? There she blows. Old-ass warehouse building is all I see. Exactly. I thought he was so... So cool. (laughs) Come this way. 
He leads me through this stinking alley, somewhere I never think to go alone, or maybe at all, but he's got my hand, and so there's nothing I can't do. You know the feeling. We gotta walk down these rickety steps where it smells even worse yet. He pulls out a single key, looking like it's attached to something like a, a lucky rabbit's foot, and... Step right in. Nothing's gonna bite you. It's dark as hell. That's fuck. So how do I know I won't get bit? You gonna trust me? He kisses me in the dark, and you better believe I'm gonna trust him. Rob turns on the lights. An open expanse, sprawling. It's full of taxidermy animals. Deer, dogs, cats, beaver, even rats. Get me out of here! You don't like it? You're not completely enamored? I'm disappointed, Peaches. I'm gonna get bit! You ain't the adventure queen I thought you were. Sure I am. Prove it. Pet them. The animals? Yes, the animals. You killed them? You know I did. You're proud, aren't you? They're beautiful, aren't they? And I go about the room, touching them all, doing what peaches would do, and pretty soon they are things of beauty, and not just because Rob said so. Well, maybe just because Rob said so. But it, it didn't feel that way at the time. You're spending the night. I am? I just told you. And so there I am, spending the night, and the next night, and the next, until paying rent for my room in the city seems silly. But I keep paying, you know, because Mama. A phone rings. Ma? Honey, pick up your phone from time to time. Why don't you think about doing that? Sorry, Ma. Bad enough you're living in that sinful place. Better than anything in Georgia. It's nice. Yeah, real nice. Oh, you never know what you're talking about. I'm sick of it. I know a thing or two. Maybe two. You don't talk to your mother like that after leaving her. You never talk to your mother that way. Why are you even calling? Uncle Ray. This here's the best part of the story. My Uncle Ray has a heart attack on his big old easy chair. That fat fucking lump is dead to the world. I'm still celebrating, you know. Anyway, Ma asked me if I'll come back down to Georgia for the funeral, and you better bet I say, Fuck no! Don't you dare, Francine. Don't you talk to me that way. My brother is dead. Your uncle is dead. After all I've done for you, Understand now, she done nothing for me just when it was when I needed her to be doing something the most. Who is that? Some crazy woman. You're a crazy woman. <laughs> You're a crazy woman. Get over here, you. <laughs> I tell him I don't have a family. It's a stupid lie, but I tell it to make it feel a little true. Well, shit, we're in the same boat, Peaches. I, too, don't have a family anymore. He frightens me a bit when he says it. I can tell it's true. He don't have a family anymore, and I wonder why. But then he touches me while we're lying there with his big, soft hands. He presses down, and the hands are hard, my heart soft. I sleep. There were moments he'd look at me, and I knew he was picturing us having sex. His breathing changed. It became shallow-like, his smoker's wheeze barely there. A slight shake, a quiver in his brow. I, I remember eating cereal, sitting cross-legged under his coffee table. I asked him, what? 
morning. What's on your mind? Rob walks over and takes a spoonful of her cereal for himself. He had his way with my breakfast, then went and had his way with me, positioning my body to his liking before he entered. And I thought, this is how he was imagining, imagining it. With his hands over my mouth to keep me quiet, out of the corner of my eye, I see her on his arm. Her auburn hair, the blood. I scream louder. He pushes down on my mouth harder. Tears well up. He's liking it more as they well up and up and... I look at her again. She's calm. She turns her head to me. Yes, the woman on his arm and says... Enjoy it while it lasts. So I push back and enjoy him. It feels good to want someone, but there ain't nothing like being wanted. Why am I telling you this? Well, maybe because Rob is cruel and unpredictable like you're saying, but he sure can make a person feel wanted. And that's an undeniable part of his goodness. I'd love to just stop here. This is where the story ends, or at least it don't get dark. It it don't get darker from here. That'd be nice. Do I have to go on? My stomach hurts. I haven't been able to eat. It's the ache of missing someone, I guess. Fine. You'll be wanting me to get to the juicy stuff now. Oh, it's juicy. You're gonna help me, aren't you? I'd do just about anything for you. That's not gonna cut it, Peaches. He grips her. She likes it, she thinks. You know I love you. I've made that pretty clear. You can feel it. I can. And I love you. Luckiest guy out there, this one. And so this love is gonna drive us places. This love is our pickup truck. I think he said the whole pickup truck thing to make me feel closer to home. (laughs) We got one back home. You got one here now, too, except this one is going to go fast. You ready, Peaches? I'm going to give it all for you, Robbie. Don't call me Robbie. Please? I don't like it. He doesn't like it. I guess because Robbie's, they don't rob you of nothing. Wants to be true to his name. We robbed. Well, stole, stole. We didn't go to banks and yell, put your hands up or nothing drastic. We went to nice stores. You know, clothing, watches, cufflinks. I didn't even know what cufflinks were. Rob had to explain them to me. They're for the eyes. He'd replace some of his taxidermy animal's eyes with cufflinks. They shimmered. I remember thinking, lovely. Of course, I never stole anything myself. Nothing. You've just got to take away focus. I don't know how. (laughs) You silly pretty thing, not knowing how gorgeous you are. Just talk to him. Talk to the sales clerk. Show him your tits a little, but only a little. Same sub of a show for me. I did it. Rob told me my naive nature was a turn-on. That the guys go wild for that naive nature. I didn't care much so long as he went wild for me. Now, we're going to walk out calmly. I'm going to rub your back as we go, like normal couples, and then we're out of sight. We run. He rubs my back like we were normal. It doesn't feel right, because we're not. We're, we're not like everyone else. We did this often enough, maybe three times a week. Then he'd take me to some nice lunch place for beers and sandwiches. You know, the kind with toothpicks in them. <laughs> and this is bad. 
gonna make me sound so bad. I'm, I'm sorry, but I didn't much mind the stealing. It made my heart beat fast, and pretty soon I got real good at flirting. It didn't matter how many times Ma would tell me I was beautiful or I was gonna be beautiful one day. I, I never felt it. Stealing, flirting, being taken by Rob in so many ways. I, I I'm beautiful now. I, I feel it, and I know it. I'm sorry, but it it's true. Sorry. Feel like I could make just about anyone blush. <laughs> so after we've done it, we run through the streets like we're on top of the world, and, and he swings me around and he kisses me hard and screams. I'm with the most beautiful girl you've ever seen. You jealous motherfuckers! Go home to your fat wives on their couches and quit looking at my girl. You're embarrassing me! They're all looking. Although I think it's my skirt. It might be a bit of everything. The cufflinks are jingle-jangling in his pockets, and we go home. We're alone again. No one on the streets gawking or wondering or wishing. I talk to him in the dark. We're on top of the world. I don't know. Don't you got everything you want? The work you do, it, it's art. It's amazing. It's, I've never seen anything like it. Hidden in a fucking warehouse. No, no, no one gotta see it. You, you gotta see it for a masterpiece. You don't even know what you're saying. I do. Prettier when you don't talk, Peaches. Why don't you take off that stupid outfit there and move around a bit for me? I want to talk to you about your dreams. God damn it. What's, what's missing, Rob? Talk to me. I need a drink. Just stay here. What the hell's missing, Rob? Why are you going? Sometimes he'd just walk out. He wasn't one for much explaining. Then that time, that fateful time, we aren't so lucky. The cufflinks jingle jangling along with a new pair of earrings for me. The fellow working the store must have seen us, seen something, seen the stealing. As we turn out of sight, we don't run like usual. Rob just puts his arm around me and it finally feels right. Then boom, bang. It happens in seconds, but it feels like forever when you gotta watch the one you love in all kinds of pain. This well-dressed fella, shirt made out of purplish silk, grabs Rob's shoulders and pushes down on him until he collapses on the dirty sidewalk. Where the fuck are you going with those earrings? The fuck get off me, idiot. Rob tries to get up. A lone earring slides out of his front pocket pants. The fists fly. Francine Mimes beating the ever-living crap out of Rob. The purple silk store man, he hits Rob hard in the face, on his ribs, rib cage, collarbone, in the arm. Hits his tattoo right in the kisser. He can barely speak. Blood, her blood, his. Motherfucker. I see you in my store again, you're fucking dead. Both of you. The fella leaves without taking the earrings or the cufflinks. Rob is cradling his legs, looking like a baby chicken. Reminding me of the last time I saw my big sister. Sue? Don't touch me there. Not there neither. Jesus, Fran, just quit touching me already. What's wrong? Shut up. I, I, I've been here for you, Susie. Don't want no one anywhere, alright? Just go. Sue ran away. Yeah, eight-year-old runaway. She could be dead for all I know. Haven't heard a word from her since that night. 
That 17 years I haven't known a thing or heard a single word about my only sister. She left me. Rob left me. Pretty soon everyone goes. Who thought up that lie of a word stay anyway? Bet they think they're damn clever. Uncle Ray was around all the time before Sue ran away and after too. I tried telling Ma he was the reason Sue went and disappeared, but she sure as shit wasn't having it. She'd rather side with that fat bastard than her own children. So there you have it. Ma done nothing for Sue, nothing for me. Took me longer to run away, but rest assured, I ain't never going back. Don't matter that Uncle Ray's dead now. He's still got his ghost room, and I'm sure keeping my distance for good. Tell me about him. No. Please, Rob. Hey, you were fucking bawling while I was giving it to you, and it wasn't the good kind of cry. Now tell me. A shift, Georgia. Nothing so tender. Nothing so wide. Nothing so sweet as that sweet angel Sue. Sweet angel Sue, I'm coming for you. <laughs> her mama knows I'm just joking. That's what her mama cares to know. I'm coming for you, sweet angel Sue. Coming for you. You gonna come for me too. Say you'll come too, sweet angel Sue. I end up telling Rob everything about what he done to Sue, what he never did to me, but how I still feel his greasy claws like termites, like the end of days. I don't know what you're hurting about, Peaches. <laughs> My Peach. He did nothing to you, and that's good. It'd have ruined you, but you're fine, so fine. As far as your sister, she just escaped sooner rather than later. Ahead of the game, you should be proud of her. Say la vie. Good for Sue. I fall asleep naked next to him. Gross breath and all, but don't feel an inch understood. Anyways, I I'm getting off track, but I, I can't help it. This ain't just a story. It's a version. It's my version. All right. I'll, I'll try to stay on track. All right, all right, all right. After getting caught, Rob does nothing but sulk, punch walls, disappear, and demand that we have sex before bed. When he's gone for more than a day, I go home to my apartment. My roommate tells me she's seen rats in my room, or mice, maybe, but she wasn't going to do nothing about it, just close my door. Also tells me I look tired. But her voice and her eyes tell me she thinks I look something like hell and beyond. Much worse than tired. I don't have all the answers. I, I don't know where Rob went to when he disappeared. But after a while away from him, a, a night of not sleeping next to him, I missed him so much. My stomach damn near fell out of my butt. <laughs> Rob's there when I come back with a newness in him and he's built a table. Or found it. Probably didn't buy it. Anyway, it's gorgeous. What's that? Part of my latest creation. So now you're building furniture. Furniture's classless. It's not done. I, I think it's got class. It doesn't. Well, I'm awfully glad you're back. I felt alone, Rob. Like you were leaving me, too. And right after I go telling you about how everyone's always leaving me. I'm never going to leave you if you promise to always do what I say. If you're doing what's best for us, there won't be a problem. Sometimes it just means you gotta leave me alone. Oh, okay. Sometimes you have to put yourself on the line. And that's love. That's love. 
Are you willing to go through all of it with me? I say I am. Rob has the way of making you agree with him, even when he's saying the vaguest things. I had no idea what he really wanted me to do. He leaves me at the warehouse with his animals, tells me he'll be back with a surprise for us. He puts on some music without words before he leaves, flowy music. I fall into a trance and, and find a bottle of cheap vodka, start pouring myself some, clear like perfection. After a sip or two, it's juice. I try dancing with a beaver, its teeth long and yellow. It seems like it's smiling at me, saying, Yes, I'll take this dance, Peaches, you sweet little thing, you. But when I take its furry paw in my hand, it hurts. Its fur is rougher than I thought it'd be, and the beaver ain't smiling anymore. The animals are turning on me, and I start to wonder why Rob left me. Again. Then I'm panicking, thinking this was all a trick and that I'm doomed to die among the already dead. And worst of all, I'll be alone. I'm getting tired and, and don't fight the urge to sleep. Pretty soon I'm in a dream and I can't help that neither. Why'd you run away, Sue? Why'd you have to go and do that? To see if you'd come find me. Because of Uncle Ray. Also to see if there were love anywhere at all for me. Well, I love you, Sue. You don't know nothing about me except I was taken and used and that I'm older than you by three years. Just keep forging ahead, Francine. And close my casket. I don't want Uncle Ray seeing none of me. He, he's dead, Susie. He went and died. Let's celebrate. You go ahead. Sue's eyes start to bleed. She drops two cufflinks out of the casket before Francine closes it. Sue, don't go. Don't go too, Sue. Don't go. I wake up to screams. There's someone on Rob's table. Not so cool now, are you? It, it's, it's coming into focus, everything. What the fuck are you doing? The best work yet. Help! Help! It's the fella from the fancy store, still wearing purple, strapped down to the table. It's only now I see the holes in the corners of the tabletop, with straps coming out, up and out, tying the fella down. Shit. It's going to get really bad. I, I, I just want to go. Can I, can I just go? Oh, shit. Fine. Rob, what are you doing with him? He's the surprise. You remember how he treated us? I know you remember. Grab me a hammer. Uh, where, where do you keep your hammers? Only got one, Peaches. It's in the top drawer over there. I go and get the hammer for him. I was drunk. I wasn't thinking, not registering what was going on. You gonna hurt him? Like he hurt me? Yeah, and then some. Lucky bastard's gonna be my next taxidermy object, my masterpiece. Doesn't deserve the honor, of course, but I'll work with what I've got. Rob pulls a pair of cufflinks out of his front pants pocket. See these, sir? These are gonna be your eyes now. We're just gonna have to yank these old ones out. Rob, no. Now open up! Look at me, you fucking asshole! Shit, shit, shit. He, he takes that back end of the hammer and removes his eyes. The fella's eyes! i never seen so much blood anywhere except in my dreams and one on Rob's arms. Stop, Rob! Stop! You gotta go with me on this, Peaches. Be my girl and trust me. He deserves it and you know it. You saw what he did to me. The fella is screaming and screaming and I hate that he's still alive to feel the pain. And, and I hate that I don't understand what Rob's doing. And most of all, I hate that I love Rob still. Even while he's doing such a terrible thing. 
And I, I'm drunk. I have no idea what to do. And without thinking, I run out of the room and I call 911. I call you. I tell you, warehouses, Brooklyn, White Castles open 24 hours, smells like piss. Please help, bring help, screaming into the phone. I hang up and stumble back into the room where Rob's got the purple man on the table. Only now there's a knife sticking out of the fella's chest like some sacrifice. Where'd you go, Peaches? I was waiting for you to do the honors. I'm gonna cry just talking about it. What I seen. Rob. Oh, God, Rob. Where are his eyes? Got them in my front pants pocket. He pulls out the cufflinks, the ones he stole from the store that day this man beat him up, puts them in his hands. You gotta stick them in. Be firm. Make sure they cut through the flesh. Get them in nice and secure. Let me watch you while you do it. Then I'll know you're my peach. We'll leave, go somewhere warm, start again. Rob and peaches. Rob? Stick them in. Rob? Do it now! I called the cops. Here's where it comes in flashes. The room is spinning when I feel the first punch. I ain't never been punched in the face, and the pain is shocking. Never thought someone like me would get punched in the face. I close my eyes and picture all my teeth gone, falling out and leaving nothing but nerve endings. I started to cry. He's still hitting. I expect him to talk to me, say something sweet, you know, maybe something cruel, something with a passion planted in it, just something, anything. But he's bashing me, bashing me, bashing me, bashing me. Turns me so I'm on my back, just like the purple silk fella, except I still got both my eyes. Tears are coming out of them, and I only know this by the warm feeling of the crowd water on my cheeks. Everything else is numb now, from the vodka and the physical hurt. Flashes. Uncle Ray on his recliner, turning into maggots and slinking in between the cushions. Sue crying in a heap. Mama telling me... No, Francine. No. Now Rob's got the big old knife in his hand. The hand that becomes the arm that wears that goddamn tattoo. That thing that drew me in to begin with. The last part of Rob I see. He's not smiling, but he don't seem upset neither. And the woman on his arm, she's crying. She's gushing more than ever. The blood ruining her heels, looking like she's wearing red stockings. She looks like me. Just like me. Could be my sister. Sue? I reach up for his arm as he brings the knife down into me. Somewhere in my gut. You silly girl. Thinking he loves you? I used to think he loved me, too. You're a fool, and you'll see it someday, too, when you're dead and you're gone, all but for a tattoo. I hear a thump, thump, crash. He's collecting things, maybe. I don't hurt no more. Everything feels like music without words. Rob takes my jacket and tosses it over my face, like he don't want to say goodbye. He stops in the doorway, and I I hear her. Speaking soft from his arm, asking me, Are you scared, Francine? No. Are you sad? Yes, I am. I never hear sirens. I don't remember being lifted and taken out of the warehouse. I I wake up in a hospital with the brightest light I've ever seen, and I remember thinking, 
Thank God Mama ain't here. Thank God it's just me. Then I think, with a knot in my gut, where's Rob? When they tell you to hold on for dear life, they mean so you'll survive long enough to get back to the ordinary humming and drumming, because life happens like photographs. It's mostly the in-betweens, but every so often there's a flash. That's all I have. All. I, I hope that wasn't too much. I, I don't feel so good. He's just this big, old, murky, fat, miserable question, and here I am laying out all my cards like a sitting duck. If, if you find him, just don't hurt him, okay? I, I know he hurt people. He hurt lives, things, me. But don't hurt him. Somehow he don't deserve hurt. A shift. Somewhere quiet and lush and far from New York City. Rob leans against a fence outside. It's just gotten dark. The best thing I learned from my mother was, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. She knew that. I knew that. My dear mother. God rest her soul. Black. End of part one. tiny room, a mattress, a little nightstand with a drawer, a table, and a chair. No decoration. Sue sits at a table, writing a letter. Good morning, afternoon, night, whenever you read this. 
I can't stand the thought of you not understanding what happened to me. Whoever you are, I'm still human, after all. This has not been some desperate lashing out. I'm not punishing anyone. I'm not a victim. I'm no longer a victim. This is all for me. Black. Scene one. Lights up on a bar somewhere in the Midwest. Dusty. It's daytime. Well, that's just it. You don't just come to a place like this. Sure you do. There's something nice about it, you know? No one's ever gonna go pointing to this town on a map. What's that mean? Take out a map, they're gonna point out Paris, L.A., New York, but no one's putting their finger here. <laughs> yeah, figured you'd say that. What? Everyone says that. Because it's true. I like it here. I'm not talking bad. All right. Ted, I'm not. It suits me. Reminds me of, um, home. And where's that? Shut up. I know it's somewhere south of here. You've got that twang. I've got nothing. That too. I guess you can't just wash off the twang. Nope. <laughs> just stop asking me about where I come from. You're making me sore. Mine's warm. You drink awful slow. I'm three for every one of yours. I don't think I like beer much. It's just something to do. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of a sad drink. You don't say. <laughs> they drink. Ted is a little, a little tipsy and working up the nerve. And uh, what if I was to tell you that you're the prettiest little girl I've ever seen in this town? Um, I, I, uh, I've got somewhere to be. I completely forgot. Shit. Wait, what? What, what, what did I do? Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I... I, I... I'll, I'll leave you alone now. It's cool. I won't be calling you pretty again. I'm sorry. It's cool. I don't have to go anywhere. I can... Uh, it's fine. Another uh, another round on me? I, I feel bad. Another round, sure. But it's on me, Ted. No, I've got it. Seriously, I've got it. And we're cool. You're a nice guy. Right. Hey, another round. Do you know the bartender, don't you? Not really. You smile an awful lot whenever he looks this way. Look, if you're into older fellers, I get it. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> now I get why the whole pretty thing was. Gross. I don't like older guys. Okay, sorry. Okay. He just reminds me of what I think my dad would be like. You never met your dad? Nope. Two. The room. I stopped being a real person when I was eight. Been porcelain ever since. Cheaply made, doe eyes and animal hair. I know what it's like to expect the worst thanks to Uncle Ray. He took so much from me. Stuff I won't even bother trying to get back because you only get those things once in life. I'm not stupid. I'm not trying to get anything back. He touched me, Ma. I know you don't want to believe it because but he fucking did. If you ever read this, Ma, if it gets to you, he did. He did. He did. The silver lining to this shit cloud is he took away my fear. A nightmare like he was so early in my life, there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. Here I am. I bless his hellbound soul for that. Scene two, the bar, another day. Sue talks to Donald, the bartender. 
Why is it you never drink at night? It's when I think best. I don't want to cloud my mind. But you must get tired, day drinking. Can't think much when you're tired. You know I never drink that much. Yeah, smart woman so far as I can tell. I like to read too. Never, re never remember what I read if I have more than a beer or two. Bookish. Donald turns to the bottles, browsing. Slow day. <laughs> When's it not? Especially slow. Where's Eddie and James? I don't know. I like them. I like their money. All right, them two. All right, don't look at me like that. I, I like them too. You gotta like your regulars. Best bet they like you too. Or they're just drunks. Nah, if they're regulars, they like you. Saying you like me? Hell, you're all right. <laughs> he picks out a bottle and pours himself a shot. It's something brown. He drinks. I reckon your friend Ted should be showing up any minute to try and ask you out. He does that. You never say yes? Nah. It's weird. He's cool, but it's weird. You should go out with him sometime. He's a good man. A real hometowner. A hometowner? Sure, you know, folks who stay true to their home base. You a hometowner? Sure am. You never wanted to travel? Go someplace like Italy or the mountains? It's a frightening world out there, Sue. But there's never been anything frightening about a place where you know you belong. What if you don't belong anywhere? Everyone's got a home. Home can be frightening. Home's perpetually sad. I'm never sad, Sue. I'm sure you've lost something or been a bit sad sometime. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Ted enters. He looks around for Sue and upon seeing her, smiles. Donald leans in. Say yes. He walks away. Sue waves Ted over. Three. The room goes dark except for a light on Sue. I've spent my entire life in this half-ruined state. I've never loved. I rarely feel, and when I do, only anger and amusement. I watch movies that make most people cry, and I laugh. The written tragedies of these characters seem silly, circusy. <laughs> I laugh. I only had one possibility for a normal life, and that was revenge. I felt as angry as I ever have when I said the words out loud for the first time. I need to kill you, Uncle Ray. I felt... And then the questions of how and when. Scene three. Ted and Sue are at the shooting range. They face forward. They shoot. Ted is focused, calm. Sue is shaking a little. She looks like she might break down. Ted has shot four times before she fires, but once she does, unmistakable happiness sweeps through her. One shot is enough. She knows. Ted? I want you. Black. Four. How? Well, that gun was sure nice. When? Scene four. Sue and Ted lay on the floor of the bathroom of the shooting range. Shirts off. <laughs> Tell me about
about your first time. Don't you think we ought to leave the bathroom, Sue? Somebody may need to use it. It's uh, a public bathroom. <laughs> just, just tell me about your first time, please. Right now, in the bathroom. Please. Why? Look, if someone knocks, I'll yell out. I'll yell, I'm constipated and it's gonna be a while. <laughs> She kisses him on the cheek. Tell me. That's not really something. I feel like no one really wants to know that about anyone. <laughs> I do. It makes me feel better. Okay. Uh, well, I, I was 13. That doesn't shock you or, like, freak you out? Oh. Oh, yeah. That's, that's young. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, I wasn't even interested in it, really. Was she older? No, no, she wasn't. She she had like breasts already, but she was only 12. Uh, she told me she got her period at nine and that I should treat her like a woman. She told me she saw her mom doing something with her boyfriend and she wanted to try it. It was uh, scientific. <laughs> she had it down to a science. She laid me down on my back and took off my pants, left my shirt on. She stood over me and took off all her clothes. Her underpants were orange. She stood over me and repeated the word woman more to herself than me, I think. <laughs> I mean, I was involved in what was happening, but I felt like an object. But I, I, I didn't feel used. I just, uh, I could have been anyone. I knew her from the playground. We were at a birthday party <laughs> together once. So uh, she climbed on top of me, naked, and uh, started touching downstairs there uh, and pretty soon she got the thing hard and started screaming woo woo uh, what yeah woo woo all the while holding downstairs and trying to force it into her it it didn't uh want to go in it it scraped. I, I, <laughs> I think I might have told her it hurt, but she told me to shut up. Um, <laughs> it never ended up feeling great, but it, it felt better after a bit. Soon she got tired, kissed me on the mouth, and got off. So you didn't... I, I, I didn't. I, I was just looking at her eyes the whole time and thinking about playing tag. I wanted to play tag when we were done. <laughs> so you played tag after? No, she had to go home. Scene five. The bar. I went out with him. Did you now? Yep. With old Ted? Hmm. Must have had that made that bastard's day. Yeah, well. He wasn't so bad. Went to the shooting range. I had a, a nice time. Shooting range. Romantic. Kind of got me going, actually. I, I'm going to plug my ears now. I usually don't even like sex. Don't you? Not uh, many good experiences. You've just been dating boys is all. <laughs> You'll find a man sometime. I don't know. 
Ted's nice. Likes ya. Sure does. Sometimes that's enough. Yeah, maybe. No, yeah. I like him. I like Ted. Well, I like him too. Hometowner. I'll probably tell him. You should. You let that boy know. Hey, Don. Maybe another beer first. Coming up. He gives her a beer. Hey, hard being so pretty, isn't it? It can be. <laughs> Hurts me to look at my daughter sometimes, thinking of the things she can't ever hide from. I didn't know you had a daughter. <laughs> She's just gorgeous. People say she looks like me. <laughs> if that's the case, then I certainly make a much better woman. Is she happy? I should think so. But she's not a hometowner, went out west. Ah. She's an artist. She acts? She paints. Likes to paint nature, but make it look different. I'd love to see sometime. Me too. Five. I started to feel for Ted just a little, and I knew I had to go and get it done before I got too comfortable. Well, there was still a fire in me. While I'm still repeating to myself over and over again, I need to kill you, Uncle Ray. Knowing Ma was committed to routine so much that she'd still be taking her Sunday drive after church, I figured Sunday afternoon would be the time to do it. If Ray were still living with her, and you bet you and you can bet your ass he was, he'd be sitting on his shit recliner wasting resources. Sunday, June 2nd, the date I did it. I would leave Friday, get in the car and drive, but not before stopping to see Ted on Thursday for a movie date. And you know, I was kind of excited. Scene six, Ted and Sue sit in his apartment. They've just finished watching a movie. Sue is drunk. I didn't like it. How, how could you not like it? I feel like it was making fun of people. What people? People in general, because we're all fucked up, like the mental patients. We're all mental patients. The world is our institution, and some people are checked into institutions within this big institution. And oh lord, it's just so fucked up. I really like the characters. They're hilarious. <laughs> because they're so sad? They're sad, Ted. That's why you're laughing. Oh man, that movie made me sad. I feel like you were laughing at some parts. I was. More wine? I'm too tired. I should go home. You can stay here, you know. You, you can have my bed. Or the couch, if that's better. You can sleep in my bed and I will sleep on the couch, is what I meant. I don't know. You totally can. Nothing weird. I know. We're not weird. Hey, Sue. What's up? Wanna tell me about uh, your first time? Oh. Since I told you about mine. Don't make me. Sue. Don't be mean, no. How's it mean? I told you about mine. I can't do it. I just wanted to hear about yours, not mine. I want to get to know you better is all. I, I care about you. Let's say you were my first time, okay? <laughs> but, but Sue, I really doubt that... <laughs> can't we just say that we were my first time? That's the story I'll tell. What's wrong with you? Just say it's okay. Just say it's okay. Okay. It, it's okay. 
You were my first time. Say it. I was your first time. Good. Okay. Okay. Ted? Yeah? Mm, you know what? No. Mm, I've been meaning to tell you. Mm, you're the first man I've let in. Yeah? Mm, I love being around you so much. <laughs> well, you have a really lovely voice. A lovely humming voice, like a bird. She hums and kisses his cheek, still humming through the kiss. He turns her face towards his and kisses her lips. She laughs and cuddles into his lap, resting. You know, um, you can move in with me if you want. If you'd like. Whenever you'd like. We don't have to go on being so lonely. I have to go, Ted. Okay. He waits for her to get up. She stays. We can talk about it tomorrow, if you'd like. When you're sober, we can talk more then. He looks at her. He's fallen in love. You want to spend the night just right here like this? She nods the smallest nod. Great. Good. I let you in too, Sue. I... You're amazing. She's falling asleep. Ted picks up a book tossed nearby. I was just starting reading this before you came over. Want me to read it out loud? He opens the book and reads. Um, she was a girl who for a ringing phone dropped exactly nothing. She looked as if her phone had been ringing continually ever since she had reached puberty. Black. Six. The drive was serene. I stopped to rest at a motel off the highway and drove nice and slow the rest of the way. Music's on the radio and I don't care who it is as long as they're singing to me. When I passed into Georgia, it was different, kind of hot. I forgot all about it. The streets were familiar, but something had changed. People seemed less exhausted. No bags under their eyes, their mouths. The house was more beat up than ever. Looks like the roof about to collapse on you, Ma. You spend your money on all the wrong things. The front door was open. I didn't need to break in. Garbage lined the kitchen wall. It hadn't been taken out in a long time. Smelled it before I saw it. Past the kitchen, I saw the flashing light of the TV in the top corner of the Lazy Boy. His bald head. I gripped the gun in my hand and whispered to it. Said all the things I wanted to say to that bastard. Scene 7. In Sue's mind, Sue approaches the Lazy Boy. Uncle Ray. She walks in front of him. Is that who I think it is? I'm not going to get up to hug you, but you look older. Uncle Ray. Little Susie, you've come on back to the Hundred Acre Woods. You fucked me up, Uncle Ray. Deep in the Hundred Acre Wood, where Christopher and Robin play. Shut your goddamn mouth! Find the enchanted neighborhood of Christopher Robin's childhood days. Stop! <laughs> Used to love that song. I'm not a kid anymore. 
Unfortunately not. You used to sing that song and you'd close your eyes and let me take you to that hundred acre wood. You used to be so sweet with me. I was never sweet. You weren't so fucking talky. Talky, talky, talky. I need to kill you, Uncle Ray. <gasps> need to? Yes. Oh, you need to. Yes, I do. Then bang, bang, missy. I'll, I'll try and lay back and enjoy it. Shames the gun at his head. Ain't you gonna shoot me? Or would you like me to come over there and shoot something in you? You sick... For old times' sake. Sick fucking... She screamed. Seven. Turns out I didn't have to pull the trigger. I didn't even lift the fucking gun. I walked into the TV room and caught Uncle Ray off guard. He was lifting a hostess cupcake up to his mouth when he saw me standing there with the gun pointed. He looked like he was trying to stand up, but something was holding him down. The cupcake fell and onto the carpet. He clutched at his chest. His eyes got all teary and he stopped moving. He must have seen someone he used to know. I needed to kill you, Uncle Ray. Scene 8. The bar. It's later than usual. The sun's going down. Glad to hear it was a good weekend. Very relaxing. It's good you finally went home. You don't have a home. You don't have anything. <laughs> you get me now? You're right, Don. Thanks for the beer. To quench you. Post-travels. Hey, what's your family like? Hmm. Well, my parents been gone a while. Brother, too. He never married. Not such a big family. And you? <laughs> you bet I married. Melinda. How gorgeous can one woman be? I don't know. I never met anyone so gorgeous as she. She must be where gorgeous ends. And your daughter's out west? That's right. She'll come visit sometime. Maybe the holidays. Um... Do you want to die before your wife? <laughs> By some miracle, I hope we die at the same time. That way, no one's got to mourn the other. But if I had to choose, I'd say me first. Why is that? She's always been the stronger one. I wish I could have met her. My wife? <laughs> well, maybe you will sometime. She isn't a drinker, but you're invited to our next barbecue. Sure, Donald. I'll let you know. Thank you for always being so kind. It's nothing, dear. You're like the... Um... It means a lot. Sure, sure. Things still going forward with you and that, Ted? I might have to call it off. But I thought that... I, I do. I like him. But I think it's just over. Shame. You young people. Shame. Always looking for something else. You've got no idea how easy life can be soon as you find someone you can tolerate to share it with. Yeah, life's easy. I'll take it. Endless options out there, but this one's right in front of you. Cheers to that, Don. Cheers, darling. They clink glasses. Eight. I almost remember being young, sitting on the edge of the sandbox, but never in it, and being just so happy. I'd talk and talk and talk. There's nothing like being silenced. 
Memories turn to ghosts when you stop being the person from the memory. I'm a ghost. I remember Francine and me running through the sprinkler, screaming. I remember pecan pie. Ma. I remember a boy named Joey with blue eyes who said he'd pretend marry me so we could rule the playground as king and queen. I remember I remember wishing it was colder, so Ma would buy me a big jacket, hide in it. I remember I wanted to be a star. I remember I wanted to be a star. I remember the world stretched out in front of me, smelling like maple. I remember the world stretched out in front of me, smelling like maple and firewood. That's all I will choose to remember. That's all I'm leaving behind. Sue gets up and opens the nightstand drawer. She's about to reach into it, but stops. She sits back down and picks up her phone, dials. Hi, Ted. It's Sue. I got back from home. It was a nice trip, but so quick. Um, look, if I were planning on sticking around, I'd love to move in with you. Try this. But the truth is, I'm leaving. I can't have the normal happy life you want to have. But it's okay, all right? You need to know it's okay. I don't want you to be sad. I want you to know that what I have for you is my version of love. I hope you find a nice woman. I don't want you to be lonely because you don't need to be. I'm from Georgia, by the way. That was home. Georgia. Now you know. Sue hangs up the phone. She walks back over to the nightstand and reaches into the open drawer. A gun. She takes it back to the desk and places it down. Sue picks up the pen to write one last thing. I did this because my purpose was revenge. I no longer got a home and I've no longer got a purpose. I am not a victim. I am... Sue puts down the pen. She brings the gun to her head. Ted, 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 Ted. She puts the gun down and picks up the pen. She writes down three large letters and reads it to herself. Sue. Blackout. End of part two. Send it through the mail with extra stamps forever, forever, forever. So it gets to you without fail. I've got a stack you've written, most of which I've read. Your cursive hand forever, forever, forever. Will. 
Part 3, Rob, Scene 1. Rob and a man stand in a small but open space. They examine a small table. Took me a hell of a long time to carve out the detail on the legs. It's gorgeous. Well, I can't think of anything worse than ordinary, you know, when it comes to furniture. Now, it's sturdy, okay, and it's got a really unique surface, too. Feel it. You want me to feel the top? Please. Rob steps aside ceremoniously. The man grazes his fingers over the top. Nice, right? The man lets his palm rest on it. Leathery. Bet you never saw or felt anything like it. No, never seen or felt a table like this. You interested? Where do you get your materials? They're all natural. Well, all right, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) The man bends down to inspect the legs again. The detail really is remarkable. Your posting didn't lie. I feel very strongly about what I do. You know what? I'll take it. Black. Scene two. Rob lies on a mattress among furniture parts. He sings to himself. It's cold, oh so cold. I'm cold, there's no one. Won't someone, someone, something take this cold away? Black. Scene three. Rob is at a fence again. He plays guitar and sings. A sign next to him reads, Blind Rob, donations taken. Girl, don't you leave me, said don't you leave me no more. I'll lock you up and I'll lock you down. My girl, she ain't never gonna leave town. Delilah approaches. She's young and wild. If you try to go and leave again, ain't no one gonna wonder where you went. He sees Delilah. I take donations. Well, I guess you're not blind now, are you? No, but you see, all the best guitar players were. Need me to help you go blind? That is a lovely thought from a lovely woman. You want me to play another? I'd rather you not. You play like a fellow that's got his eyesight already. Oh, you know where to hit a man. Right (laughs) in his guitar strings. You've got an odd way with words. Thanks. I write my songs myself. Okay. Okay, here. She takes a dollar out of her purse and throws it into his guitar case. Did you like it? Like what? The song I played you. I guess. Come on. Tell me what you really thought. I'd like to know. You could make me or break me right now, miss. (laughs) Delilah's my name. Delilah. Do I have a chance, or should I toss my guitar into a ditch right now? What if I say ditch? I destroy the guitar right here. I can hold you to that? You sure as hell can. Hmm. What's it gonna be? Give me a while to think about it. You can meet me at D's for a drink tonight if you really want the answer. I want the answer. I'll meet you at D's. Scene four. Rob and an older woman examine a chair. It's really a nice piece. Thank you. (laughs) You can make me a set of four? Give me a week, absolutely. It's nice how the furniture fills up the space. Emptiness. I can make you a set of four if that's what you'd like. If that's what I'd like. Pardon me, ma'am? Oh, I don't know. 
<laughs> Can I help you? Is, is there anything else you need? No, no, no. That's, that's all I need. Four chairs. I'll take them. I'll write down my number. You can reach me at this number. She fumbles around in her purse for a pen and a piece of paper. Just, just tell it to me. I'll remember it. Four five two. Four five two. Five five five. Five five five. Zero three one seven. Zero three one seven. Don't forget. I won't. I've gotten to be so alone. Okay. <laughs> These chairs, they'll they'll help. I think so. Sure. <laughs> you will still have to pay up front. She pulls money out of her purse and hands it to him. T- take however much. Thank you, ma'am. You should stop crying now. She can't. <laughs> she can't stop. <laughs> Black. Scene five. The bar. Rob chats with Janine, the bartender. Art is less about what you do and more about how you do it. And that's why you're an artist, Mr. Furniture. As are you, Miss Drink Concoctor. Mrs. If you feel strongly about what you're doing, then yes, art. I don't know. That's an awfully fancy thought. I just thought art was paintings and whatnot. It's in the whatnot, Janine. That's what I'm talking about. All I know is it looks like you could use another whiskey. Delilah enters the bar. Guess I'm late. I could be early. I don't like to drink before the sun goes down. It's not ladylike. What about happy hour? Mm, I can pay full price for my cocktails. I'm sort of a happy hour fella. Hope you won't hold it against me. You're a businessman, are you? You saw me at work. Something else, though, right? I mean, (laughs) no one keeps a beard so nice and trimmed on musicians' pay alone. You caught me. Furniture. (laughs) Furniture? Janine sets a drink down in front of Delilah. The usual. Gracias. That's right. I uh, make and sell furniture. That's my big business. Not what I was thinking. What were you thinking? My dad was a salesman, I think. Some kind of business travel, maybe? I think he might have had sold vacations to people. What's he up to now? Got old and died. Or, um, got sick and died. <laughs> I... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Why am I talking about my dead dad ten minutes into our conversation? Fucking damn, I do this all the time. I bring him up a lot. It's kind of a thing. (laughs) I'm freakishly vocal about specific things. I hate it. But you can't tell me his official job title? Funny, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's funny. I'm going to call you my funny woman. (laughs) Who says I'll take that brand? Come on. He leans in close like he's going to kiss her neck. She turns to face him. Fine. Your funny woman. What are you drinking? Whiskey. Shit. That's me too. What's your goddamn name, whiskey fella? Rob. She raises her glass on a toast. Take me for all I'm worth, Rob. Rob me. Robbed of dignity. Robbed of hope. Robbed of... Innocence? Just call me Rob. I don't mind if you talk about your dead daddy. Talk away, funny woman. Delilah. Scene six. Rob and Delilah stand in front of two chairs. They are drunk. Rob holds a liter of whiskey. They tick swigs here and there. I'm making a set of four chairs for this old lady. 
She asked for them to fill the emptiness in her life with some shit. She was crying right here where we're standing. <laughs> so it's like we're standing on a tear grave? <laughs> Jesus, it's like all of the saddest people in the world gravitate toward this little corner of the country. The world, everyone's crying. It's always raining. People dying everywhere. People dying all the time. But like, by choice. I like this little corner of the world. Well, so do I. <laughs> they, they kiss. Thanks for the whiskey. Sure. So, this is where you're living. It is. A mattress on the floor? Really? What the fuck about it? It's comfortable. You've probably got critters crawling all over you at night. You've probably eaten spiders in your sleep. Spiders, huh? Yeah, they've probably crawled down your throat, still alive. That doesn't seem likely. It happens. People eat spiders and bugs in their sleep. Funny woman. I'm serious. Serious woman. <laughs> Why are you living in your work shed? What's that all about? It hasn't been that long. So you're planning on finding a place then? I try not to plan for anything. But you've got to plan. <laughs> Why are you so worked up about me living here, funny woman? I'm not. You're freaking out on me. Well, fuck you. I'm not. <laughs> Whoa there. I've dated a lot of man children. Sounds pervy. I mean... <laughs> I mean grown-ass men who live in fantasy worlds. Grown-ass men who don't own homes. Who don't even rent. Who can't boil rice or comb their hair. I've boiled rice before, successfully. <laughs> well, what else have you done? Make me believe in you. Make you believe in me? Mm -hmm. Come on. You don't know who you've stumbled upon. Whom? He lurches forward and kisses her. You've been feeling lonely. Yeah. And then I came along. And then I came along. You've been feeling lonely, too. I like having a woman around. Yeah. A funny, funny woman. My last one left me. Shit. I hate that. She just ran away. Betrayed me first and then ran away. No one ever wants to get to know a person. She wasn't strong. Rob pins her down. I like you. They start to wrestle. Ow! God! I'll kill you, you bastard! She bites him. Fuck! He chokes her. So this is how it's gonna go? Give me a kiss. He kisses her, releasing his grip. I told you I like you. I do, too. I want you to choke me and claw me and leave your marks on me. I'm saying I want to get to know a person. Good. He takes off her shirt. He takes off his. You're kind of hot. I think I'm supposed to say that to you. Delilah plants herself on top of him. Things are getting hot. She stops when she sees his arm. What in God's name is that? What? On your arm, that woman. Mommy issues? Black. Scene seven. <laughs> Rob is alone, working on a third chair. She's nice, ain't she? Her design is completely original. Found materials. Very rare. So rare, she's one of a kind. You buy this piece, no one's gonna have anything like it. Oh yeah, very smooth. Smooth to the touch. Where'd I find her? Out on the street. Just walking around. She put up quite a fight. You can see it in her eyes. The fight still in her eyes. He knocks the chair over. No! He places it upright again. Oak. Solid. Furniture. The design is completely original. Black. 
Scene 8, Delilah's apartment. Rob stands with his guitar and a backpack. I don't have much. It's okay. This is better than you living where you work. It can be temporary, or... Or not. It'll be nice to have you around. She goes to him, takes his guitar off his back, sets it down, and kisses him. Your lips are cold. Well, I don't have much either, but it's a home. It's nice. I like your knickknacks. Gifts. My friends know I like little things. Little treasures. I like to be surrounded by them. I suppose you were right about the lonely thing. Not anymore. You want to tell me a bit about yourself, now that you're living with me and all? I grew up out east. Okay. Anything else? I left. Come on, Rob. I want to know about you. You can't expect a sober man to share his thoughts with you. I could expect it from a real man. You're mean, aren't you? You handle it okay. I'm, I'm not mean. I'm just sick of bullshit. You get a couple of drinks in me, maybe I'll start talking. A couple of drinks, maybe some time in bed with you. I've seen this again and again. Come on, darling. Black. The lights come up. It's later. Rob and Delilah are in bed, a bottle beside them. I just had to leave New York. I wasn't welcome anymore. Did New York grow a mouth and tell you that? I wasn't living well. I was going down the same dark, shitty paths. So you've got dark paths. A couple. Is that where your tattoo's from? It's not from New York. From a dark path? Well, fuck, maybe. Of course it is. Want to tell me about it? No. I won't judge you. I've got some shit in my past, too. Doubt it's the same, funny woman. I've got abuse. (laughs) I fought back. You killed someone? No. Does it scare you, me asking you that? Did you? What? Did you kill someone? Did I kill someone? Yes, Rob. Did you kill someone? We should go to bed, funny woman. It'll be nice because we don't have to wake up alone tomorrow. Rob. Think about how nice that'll be. I can tell you've done it. I'm really tired. Because if you didn't, you'd have said no a long time ago. Why is this such a big deal for you? Why? I just want to know. It's not a big deal. Like, if you killed someone, it's okay. I'm not going to freak out. You already are. And you're so goddamn pretty that I'm trying to forget about it and go to bed, but you don't seem to want to shut up. Don't tell me to shut up. You want to know? Yes. You're going to stick by my side if I tell you? Yes. I did. Delilah covers her face. What are you doing? I don't know. I guess I'm scared. Fuck. Rob gets out of bed. Shit, this is why you don't trust women. So you're going to freak out, you're going to tell somebody, and you're going to leave me too. I'm going to have to run again. That's why you left New York? You told someone about your killing and she spilled the beans? Something like that. Well, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm sticking by your side, Rob. I just need some time to process. A moment between them. Rob stands his ground. I was abused. My dad's friends, these guys... I had been drinking all night, and I thought I was safe at home, you know, sleeping in my own bed. I don't remember every detail, but there were three of them. It hurt. They kill those fuckers. Where'd they hurt you? In all the places. I'll kiss you in all the places, all right? Delilah nods as Rob kisses her everywhere. Eventually, he lies on her, out of breath. That's my uh, mom tattooed on my arm. I miss her every day. Your mom? She was weak. 
Who killed her? Not just her. More women? And a man, but I make furniture now, Delilah, and I fall in love. I'm falling in love with you. O okay. I don't need that anymore. Now you know. Okay. Delilah? What's up? You tell anyone, and I'll kill you too. He holds her closer. Okay, Rob. Black. Scene nine. The bar. Rob is drunk. I really like her. <laughs> I do too. Delilah's a good girl. We're living together. Didn't you just meet? Like they say, when you know, you know. Oh, come on. That's malarkey. No, it's not. It's not fucking malarkey. <sighs> okay, okay. Jesus. It's not. But it is fast. When you know, you know. How's the old guitar? Haven't been playing much. You shouldn't give up on something you love. It's not really my passion. No. Nope. What is? I'm kind of a visual artist. Paintings? Found objects. Delilah said you make furniture. So you talk to my girl? We're actually, uh... Yeah, we're friends. What kind of found objects? Taxidermy. I enjoy taking life, then crafting an alternate one. A still one. Still, but alive. You kill them yourself? Most of the time. Other times I just stumble across them. Find them. Found objects. Del Delilah knows? She knows everything, alright? Why does it feel like you're accusing me? <laughs> I'm not. Friendly bartender my ass. You've had one too many, Rob. I think you're just jealous. Of a drunk. Of the bond we have. We're all orphans, but at least Delilah and me have each other. You are on your own. I don't need family. I'm not relying on anyone for a roof over my head, for food. I don't need someone else to make me feel like my life's worth living. It seems like you do, Rob. Enjoy your family. Pretty soon she'll snap out of it and you'll be alone again. Fuck you. She's not your friend anymore. It'll be like you never met. You'll see. This bar is history. You are history. Rob storms out. Whatever you say, jerk off. Scene 10. Delilah sits writing in a journal, a mug of tea next to her. Rob stumbles in, back from the bar. Hey, hon. She closes the journal. What's that you're writing? Just a journal. Can I look? It's kind of private. Something I shouldn't see? It's nothing bad. It's just a meditation thing. I want to hear your meditations. Why don't you sit down? I'll grab you some tea. You drunk? She leaves the room. Rob grabs for the notebook, opens it, and reads. Delilah comes back with his tea. She grabs the notebook from him. Rob! Dude, come on! Can't you listen when I ask you something? Listening's your job, not mine. Holy shit, you better just be drunk. If that's how you really feel, consider this relationship over. I just want to read it. I saw you wrote something like everything outside feels like it's inside. Something about a pinata. Can't I read it? It looks like poems. Maybe some other time, okay? Fine. Here's your tea. I'm not drinking that. Well, it's there if you change your mind. We're not going to D's anymore. Why not? It's our bar. It's my bar. And Janine's a real bitch. Uh... Where'd you go? Um, why would you say that, Rob? She treated me like garbage. She said you're gonna leave me? She hates that we're together. I'm, I'm sure that's not true. She just looks out for me. We'll show her. 
It's fine, Rob. No, we're gonna show her. We're not going to that bar anymore, and we're not gonna deal with her shit. You're drunk. Quit saying that. Do you have a problem with it? Not really. Then quit mentioning it. Yes, I am drunk. Now leave it be. Delilah takes a sip of her tea and sets it down. Rob knocks his glass over angrily. It spills and soaks Delilah. She yelps in pain. That fucking hurt! Jesus! What are you doing? What is wrong with you? Sorry. You, you did that on purpose! No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't. No I, no, I didn't. He falls onto his side and starts sucking his thumb. Get up. He stays where he is, curled in a fetal position, whining. I'm sorry, Mom. I'll stop now. I'll be good now, Ma. Are you there, Ma? Your mom's not here. It's just me. Come here, Mom. Please. Rob, how much did you do? I swear I'll be good if you just come here and hold me. I miss you. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Rob cries out. Delilah kneels down next to him and puts her hand on his shoulder. Hug me, Mom. Delilah spoons him from behind. Is, is this good? Um, sweetie? Thank you. Please don't leave again. I would never leave you, sweetie. You do. You always do. Not anymore, then. Promise? I, I promise. I met a nice girl, Mom. Good. It's going to be just me and her now. And, and Mom. Yes, dear? I love you. No matter what I do, I love you. Black. Scene 11. It's dark. Rob plays a song. I've never been right. I've never been good. Baby, they say I'm cruel. I've never been right like they say I should. Taking you, honey, for a fool. The lights come up. Janine is tied to a table. Her mouth is taped shut. Rob puts his guitar down and walks over to Janine. Have you ever felt important? Like you could do something to change the world? I felt it all my life, Janine. All this energy and nowhere to put it. Am I an artist? Or is this a distraction from something even better? Some higher purpose? In the meantime, I will make my art. You have no need to worry. I've done this before. Don't you want to say something? You can't, can you? Janine, listen up. I don't care what you have to say. Delilah enters. The scene shocks her. Here she is! Finally! I missed you! You look frightened, honey. Delilah runs over and takes the tape off of Janine's mouth. Lila, holy shit! Get me the fuck out of here! He's crazy! What? Delilah puts the tape back on Janine's mouth. Rob? Remember what I told you? What I did? Yes. I, I, still, I still need it. Uh, okay. I still Rob. need to do it. It's all heading towards something, I promise. And she was no good to us. She called you a useless suck for being with me. Did you know that? Janine shakes her head violently. Delilah ignores her. A whore! And worse! What are you going to do to her? I tried to do this once before, but some bitch ruined it for me. Now that I've got you, I'm, I'm finally free to be um, me. And it feels really good. What, what are you going to do? I want to stuff her. She'll live forever. Like an animal? Yeah. Like some fox or... Yes. Okay, Rob. Okay? Okay. Janine freaks out. I'll watch. 
I want you to do more than watch. Come here. They walk toward the table. Janine is crying and crying and trying to scream. I've got to take out her eyes. Okay. Will you, will you watch me, Ma? Yes, dear. What are you going to use? Rob takes a carving knife out of his pocket and sets it down on Janine's chest. As he does this, Delilah takes a knife of her own out of her purse. She's gonna look so pretty. Just like you. I love you. Delilah rams the knife into Rob's chest. He looks at her with shock and tenderness. He falls to the ground. He's mumbling something. I had to. You were going to kill her. I had to. Four, five, two. Four, five, two. Five, five, five. Oh, three, one, seven. Her phone. Her, what, what phone? Her phone number. The, the woman. Her chairs. You, you have to finish the last chair. Call her when you're done. Four, four, five, two, five, five, oh, three, one, seven. You've got it. Rob dies. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. Delilah rips the tape off Janine's mouth. Ow! Fuck. You're okay. You're, you're okay. Oh, my God. Thanks for the warning, sis. I'm a little overprotective, but thanks. Thanks for, um... <laughs> What's for family for? Delilah takes Janine in for a deep hug. Black. End of part three. Last. A light shines on Francine. A light shines on Sue. A light shines on Rob in a heap on the floor. I'm changing my name to Peaches, you know, so Rob can find me someday. I'm legally changing it. Sue will know me when, he, when she sees me. That's how sisters are. Rob will need my name. Peaches. It's who I am now. End of play. I just thought back to the time when I wrote it and patted myself on the back for growing a little bit. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's yeah. That's great to know that about <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, where did that image of that tattoo, that bleeding tattoo of like blood 
on that man's arm of a woman come from? Well, that was actually the whole inspiration for the play. Like, um, when I write, I usually see something or hear something or someone tells me something, and I carry the image with me for about six months, and I think about it a lot, and then I decide it should be a play, and then I think about it for another six months, and I start to write the play. Um, so the image for this play was this bleeding woman tattoo that my uh, great friend Dana Berger told me about, and she saw a guy in a coffee shop with this tattoo and said, I want you to write a monologue for me about this guy in this coffee shop, and uh, it turned into a whole play instead of a, a monologue. But I obsessed about this woman for the better part of a year until I finally sat down and started to write about her. The woman saying the monologue or the woman on the tattoo? The tattoo. Okay. Yeah. And did it, when you were obsessing about her for a year, did you think that it was the mother of the person wearing the tattoo? Or did that come through the process of the play? I thought about my mother a lot. Um, she, mostly because she was very open about um, sexuality and menstruation and <laughs> life. She, typical <laughs> northern New Jersey mother. Uh, smoking cigarettes and rubbing Vaseline on her face. <laughs> and, you know, all that. Uh, telling me about um, just ways to protect my body and to make sure I was treated well by men uh, sexually. So she was just a very interesting woman. Um, and I thought about her, and she loves to dance, and she's just very open. Um, and I think over time it translated to thinking about myself and feeling trapped and the idea of being trapped on someone's arm. And the two images came together, and it was a mother trapped on a man's arm. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't even think about <laughs> so it that much way. thought. It's like yeah. the the thinking to writing ratio for me is absurd. Like for every play I write, there's maybe four times the amount of thinking time. Uh, when I sit down to write, it actually comes out pretty fast. But it's evident in the work how much thought is in it. <laughs> I mean, even in the first time both Ivan and I read it, we were like there's something here and there's something here and we were excited by it we were like i don't know what it is yet what the fuck is going on over here but like like i i think i told you i called her when she'd only read part one and i was like oh my god we have to do this play and she was like everyone's dying there's like couplings going in people's like, eyes people's eyes going and i was like freaking out reading it in the office and i was just like patting my eyes like, oh my god, oh yeah. my god. And I was like, wait, no, keep going, keep going. And yeah. I, I summarized the next part for her. I was yes. like, don't worry, don't worry, this is going to happen. Time. It yes. levels out. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's less less eye damage. Yeah. But yeah, every time I hear the, the hammer, I mean, I wrote it and I troubled myself so much. Every time I hear it or read it, I'm just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Don't you, do it. Don't. Have you seen taxidermy like that? Is that, is no. That, how how um, do you come up with that? Because that's a. It's very interesting. Well, back to back to mother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she would take us to the video store as kids, my my two sisters and myself, and say, "Everyone pick out a movie." And Kiki would get Passport to Paris, starring you know Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. That's a great movie. By yeah, my, it's a great movie. <laughs> we we watched them all together, right? Uh, inevitably, my sister was a little older, so she liked. Armageddon or uh, You've Got Mail and I would get like 
Child's Play or Puppet Master 3. <laughs> and my mom's like, oh, Child's Play, puppets, you know, just kid stuff. And my sisters would just walk out of the room. They'd see this, like, puppet drill drilling through some guy's forehead, and I'm just sitting there. <laughs> so I just had these very, like, creative images of people dying and wrote it into a play. <laughs> It's all, it's all mom's influence. <laughs> but I'm a generally optimistic person, and I feel like right. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> but gosh, I watched a lot of horror movies growing up. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, here's how I've kind of broken it down. Oh, yeah, we just went so, in. <laughs> well, it's, it's right along those lines. Like, these two sisters, their first um, example of love was Sue getting physically abused by her their uncle right so that's what sue had and that's what francine saw um so in a way francine says he never touched me but rob is like her uncle ray mm. and she talks about how much she hates him. they both talk about how much they hate him but they're searching in the dark for him and they're letting him in again and again and then poor sue meets this lovely guy ted out in the Midwest, and she can't accept being treated correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, being treated well, she can't. She can't have it. Um, so that's it's just kind of like that first example of love that you receive is what you're searching in the dark for for the rest of your life. And can you break that cycle? And, and I don't know. Couldn't. No. No. It doesn't seem like Francine can either because right. she's cha- she's changing her name so that Rob will have an easier time of finding her than her sister will, you know? Yeah. Um, sad. <laughs> hmm. I feel like the ending of uh, Delilah and Janine's sisterhood, uh, or that the fact that they are sisters that we learn in some of the final lines of the play um is an interesting foil to the sistership sisterhood sisterhood of uh of sue and francine in the beginning of the play that there's we don't really we don't know rob doesn't even know that they're sisters um and then we find out at the end that they like delilah like is looking out for janine and kind of saves her at the end Mm. um and I thought that, that was an interesting parallel. Do you want to speak about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, in in the Sue Francine sister storyline, I think there's a lot of talk of she was my only sister. We were three years apart. Um, I miss her. I wonder where she is. A lot of talking about each other, even though they're not together ever. And they mm-hmm. haven't seen each other in 17 years. Um, but Delilah and Janine never explicitly say that they're sisters. They don't need to talk about it. She doesn't walk into Dee's bar and say, hey, sis, what's going on? Like, she just says the usual gracias. Right. Um, I think the closer your bond is, I think this is in any relationship, you know, romantic, parental, sisters, brothers. Like, if it's real and if it's true and genuine, you don't need to call it out. Um, So they never say it. (laughs) Um, And you find out at the end. But, yeah, they were close enough that it didn't need to be spoken about i guess that's yeah. what it was <laughs> yeah uh yeah. but it's interesting the differences in their relationship so and i think that's really powerful yeah like janine and delilah are a, f- a reflection of what sue and um 
Francine would have been if Sue hadn't left so soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad. And I guess, I, I mean, I wrote the first part originally as a one-act, standalone play. And um, it worked, but the people who read it just said, we want to know more about Sue, we want to know more about Rob. So it's just, it's, it's written in the order that's presented. I, re- I wrote the second part, second and the third part, third. And I think by the time I got to Rob's story, I like the sister story was still seeping in and kind of overtaking his story um, because it just seemed more vital and important and they needed each other. Um, and I also hope that it's obvious that they like talked about it when Rob wasn't around, like, you know, be careful this guy's kind of bad news mm-hmm. um, yeah. watch out so she had the the knife in her bag just in case yeah um that's like a really cool open relationship and perhaps when i'm still striving for with my sisters we're, we're close but mm. i don't know if we're knife in the pocketbook close mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have a lot of questions but um how do you guys a lot feel? of whiskey yeah. so <laughs> A little difficult right now. Yeah, I've got the smile in my voice. Yeah. I, had, I had a few whiskeys as well, and I may or may not have one now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we we absolutely loved it. I loved it reading the first act, and like Eric said, he called me when we had to make a decision. Hadn't read all the the plays that we had gotten at that point, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, let's do this." And he was like. It's, it's, it's dark and violent. And I was like, yeah, I love shit like this. Like, let's do it. Like, it's going to be great. Um, and this was before reading the second and third, third parts and, and realizing how textured and how layered everything was. And so thank you for that. It was a, it was a true gift to, to read everything. I'm so glad it rose to the top of the pile. Yeah. I could, it's just, it's so nice to hear it out loud, you yeah. know? Um, have it be accessible to people yeah listen to I it think our, yeah. our audience enjoyed it the audience was so good it. <laughs> look at them you guys are mage balls <laughs> thank you all for coming thank you, thank you Christine.
It's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.